Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Uh, For some people in the room may be very familiar, for others not familiar yet, and I would just encourage you, this is a great scripture to uh, memorize and know and be able to reference in your life. Isaiah 43, verse 18, forget the former, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. One more time, just notice these big words, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive, perceive it? I am making, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're, uh, we're on day 14 of a 21 day fast here at the church. And uh, how y'all doing? Are you good? If you are with us, stay with us seven more days. Uh, Next week, Pastor Jensen will be here at night to pray for us. And just a really great service. So make sure you're here uh, next week. Um, If you're not fasting with us, why don't you hop on for the last seven days and do something over the next few days that'll bring you closer to the Lord. And uh, I just want to give you um, three things to do over the next seven days. I'm just going to give you some homework, okay? So this is a great uh, message to pull out your phone, uh, to type out some notes. If you uh, still use a pen and paper, uh, you can pull that out as well. And um, let's, uh, let's just get some things from the Word today and believe that God's going to speak to us. Three things to do over the next seven days. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are speaking to hearts, changing us from the inside out. Um, thank you that you're kind and you're gracious. Thank you that you are for us and not against us. And thank you that you are strengthening Aaron Rodgers' arm. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, I felt something when I said it. Just hit me right. Okay. Relax, relax, relax. Forget the former. Now, if you read this scripture in context, you'll find out that God is not talking about forget your old life of sin or forget your past mistakes. God takes them on a historical journey of how he delivered the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, He walks them through a history lesson of the great miracles that he has already done in their lives and in their generation and in their nation. He walks them through the good things that have already happened. But then he says, forget those things. Uh, Here's why. Not because he wants you to forget the good things that have happened in your life, but because he wants you to never believe that the good things that happen in your life are the only good things that will happen in your life. But that actually God has greater things for you. That he's taking us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. 
that if your life has been good, it can actually get better. And if your life has been terrible, it's going to get better. So God says, don't live in the past. I'll never forget driving into Starbucks one day and there was a man parked with like an old 80s like Trans Am Camaro thing, but like not a cool one. Like, you know, they're cool if they're from the 60s, but if they're from the 80s, it was a bad, it was a bad era for cars, you know what I'm saying, right? And so it's kind of this orange rust bucket looking thing and it was all trashed and, and he, he had it parked, but not like a normal person who's sane and who respects the laws of the land. I'm not asking for much. He, he decided to park sideways to take up two spots. And uh, at that moment, you know, like, okay, God's still working on me because I want to cut somebody, but praise the Lord. We're just going. So he's at Starbucks. He's got, he's got a Trenta Frappuccino because venti wasn't enough. With whip, caramel sauce, the whole thing. And he's posted up on his 80s Trans Am thing. And he's just loving life. And his belly's out and, and he just thinks, I'm awesome. And as the women walk by, hey ladies, what are you drinking today? <laughs> How's this weather? You know, and he's just trying to flirt. And I walk by and just stare at him like, you know, and what's up, bro? Need a little pick-me-up? <laughs> Caffeine? He's just loving life. The guy was his own biggest fan. I mean, he just thought he was amazing. And I just thought to myself, this dude was no doubt the quarterback for his high school football team. <laughs> this guy no doubt dated the head cheerleader. This guy was awesome. At one point of his life, he was literally Uncle Rico <laughs> from Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, it was, it was him in the flesh. He was just owning life. But in reality, life was owning him because, because though he was in 2016, his mind was stuck in like 1987. I guess 87 was awesome because he never grew out of it. Friend, your past is a thief. And it will steal your present potential if you don't move on and embrace what God has for you today. Good or bad. Oh, I remember the good old days. They weren't that good. How do you know? Because you were there. <laughs> and my good old days weren't that good because I was there. And if we were there, that means there was drama. We need to sing the old songs, praise God. But we have a new generation. And, and here's the problem. The 20-year-olds today, when they're 50 and 60, they're going to go, we need to sing the old songs, praise God. I remember he'll song young and free. Those were the days when the anointing really flowed. Stop it. Don't let the past rob you of what God has for you right here. And right now, the, the word forget here is a Hebrew word, zakar. It means this, to stop mentioning. Just stop talking about it. Stop listening. You know, your past has a voice. Woo. And it is talking to you right now. And it is telling you what could have been and what should have been and how great you were. 
and how bad it is. But God says, stop listening to your past. Stop mentioning your past. Here's another, this is amazing. It means to stop protecting. Some of y'all so protective of your past. Some of you are victimized. And now you protect that because you're the victim. And now that's your thing. And you protect it. And when Jesus comes into your life to try to heal you, you, you protect your past because that's, that's your deal. But God says, stop protecting your past. And he says, do not dwell on those former things. To dwell means to look, to pay attention to, and to possess. Good or bad, the devil wants you stuck in your past. Never embracing what God has for you right now. Never let a past defeat limit you. But never let a past victory limit God. Because God can do more. Thank you for that one clap. You really encouraged me, honey. Because God can do more. Exceedingly more. Grace upon grace. Come on, somebody. Anybody with me? Don't let a past victory limit God. I had a friend. We were on the golf course one time. I hate golf. I've since quit. Golf and cats will be in hell. Amen. And so, oh, oh. Not sprinkles. Yeah, sprinkles. So um, so we're at golf and guys start talking when you play golf because that's just what happens. A little golf course talk. And so this guy starts talking about how much he misses his ex-wife and how bad his current wife is. Now, I knew his current wife. His current wife was amazing. She was beautiful. She loved his kids. She loved God. She loved the church. She, she served. I mean, she was an amazing woman. But he was talking about how much he missed his ex. And I knew about his ex. I never met her, but I knew enough about her. I said, homie, she left you. And she took all your money. She don't like your kids. She cheated on you. I know, but, but. She had a good heart. What? No, she did it. She's the epitome of a country music song. She took your dog. She took your stuff. She took your truck. He goes, yeah, but man, she could cook. What? What are we doing? God said, stop protecting your past. Because we can so easily fantasize our past and convince ourselves how good it was. When God has something incredible right in front of you, God says, forget the former. What that means is not that it'll leave your mind forever and you'll never be able to think about it again. It means that you no longer have an emotional chain to your past. Some of y'all are married, but you still have an emotional chain to an ex. You got to break it, dog. Or honey. Stop it. Stop getting on Facebook and doing searches. I just want to see if they gain weight. Stop. I'm all up in your business. I don't even care. 
My Cowboys lost. I'm in a bad mood. I don't care. So God says, I can break the emotional attachment to your past. I, I have people that I, if you'd asked me two years ago, could you forgive them? I'd have said, never. But I've forgiven them. I'm not their best friend. I'm not hanging out. I'm not going to the Super Bowl with them. But I've forgiven them. Well, yeah, because time heals all. Time doesn't heal all. If time could heal, we wouldn't need God. Time doesn't heal. God heals. And God says, I can give you the grace to forget. I can give you the grace to no longer ponder those things, protect those things, speak to those things, listen to those things. My wife was telling me about some of my family members. God bless my family. She goes, how are you so nice to them? How, why? why? The Lord's caused me to forget. Amen. I'm telling you, it can happen. I'm just telling you, it can happen. God would not ask you to do something if it wasn't possible. And it's only possible by his spirit. It's only possible by his grace, but it is possible. We can forget the former. We can come to a place in our life where our past is no longer our master. Hmm. Forget the past. Number two, you can do this this week. Embrace the present. God says, I will make a way in the wilderness. Did he notice? He said, I'm making a way. This is a process word. Everybody say process. Okay, now if I'd have said miracle, y'all would have shouted, miracle! But we don't like process. Let's try one more time. Everybody say process. Y'all just did that because I asked it. It doesn't even count. See, because we, we want miracles. We don't want process. So we hear Pastor Ben's story, we go, oh, I'll take a $2,500 miracle. But we don't want a lifetime of tithing and offerings and being faithful to God and obedience and sacrifice. Okay, let's we'll stop right there. So we have the exchange offering and it's, they just want my money. But then you hear this story, and you go, oh, I'll take a miracle. And we don't want process. But the life you want it's connected to process. God says, I'm making a way. This is a building term. This is a formation term. This is not an instantaneous thing. It comes from the Hebrew word that means to lay your hands on. Like a builder. Like, like a potter and the clay. It means to establish a way or to fashion a way or to transform a way, to work on a way. God is working on a way. And the way he works on it is by working on you. <laughs> so when God puts his hand on you, it's great and it's also uncomfortable. Because he's adjusting you. He's working on you. He's trying to partner with you so that you can have everything that he wants you to have. We must embrace our present. We must embrace the process. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this. Teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days. Now we always think of that as count my days. In other words, man, life is short. I need to think about that. The actual Hebrew word is manah. It means this, appoint my days. 
assign my days, weigh out my days, prepare my days, set my days. See, if you won't appoint your days, someone else will appoint your days for you. If you won't plan your days, someone will plan your days for you. The average American watches 30 hours of television a week. You are working a full-time job that you are not getting paid for. And CNN and Fox News will keep you glued, telling you that the sky is falling, the world's falling apart, and you sit there in fear. And we need to learn how to set our days, number our days, plan our days, prepare our days. Because if we don't, someone else will for us. we got to take responsibility for our days. No one has ever liked to do this. Adam and Eve sinned. Adam said, it's Eve's fault. <laughs> Eve fell. She said, it's the devil's fault. Your current situation, I don't know who you're blaming. Are you blaming a person? Are you blaming a government? Are you blaming an ex? Are you blaming a dad? Are you blaming a mom? I don't know who you're blaming. But it's so easy to not live the life we want and, and really can have in God. And we just go, well, it's their fault. But eventually, you have to number your own days. Okay, here's, here's the big takeaway. It's going to hurt. As you, as you write it down, your hand is going to hurt. Okay, I'm just letting you know, but it's good for you. Everything we want in life is on the other side of a painful decision. I feel like preaching. I'm going to say it one more time. Everything we want in life is on the other side of a painful decision. It's going to hurt. The marriage you want, it's going to cause compromise. It's going to take compromise. No. I just want to be crazy about them and just, just want it to be like the movie. It's not going to be like that. You want a great marriage? It's going to take work. Right. Fellas, you got to give non-sexual touch. I don't know how. <laughs> I know you don't. You got to learn. <laughs> Ladies, you have to give sexual touch. All the fellas, you all better pray for me right now. My God, in the name of Jesus. You got to give your spouse the thing they want and you know they want it and you need to give it to them without them asking for it. Sir, give me a high five, please, because you're the only. But look how strong you are. Of course, you're like, hey, man, what you going to do? All the other men are like, honey, I don't believe any of that, babe. I I'd love, I'm sorry for not, I'm just sorry. <laughs> the life you want is on the other side of painful decision. You got to take the trash out without them asking for it. Fellas, wife, you need to give us a kiss without us begging for it. Okay. Don't say preach it all stop. This one dude was like, preach it. So I looked over. He's like, it wasn't me. I don't know who it was. It's Ben. I don't know. The life I want is going to take work. If your eight hour a day job is giving you a migraine, you're not ready to be a millionaire. Just so tired, McDonald's. Just so tired. Ah. Oh. It's going to take work. And by the way, work was in the Bible before the fall. Before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a job. 
And y'all tired working 30, I'm talking to the young people right now. Let me just talk to you. Working 30 hours a week, living with mom and dad, talking about you're tired and you have a headache and you need counseling. No, you don't. You need to work 60 hours a week. You need to work so much that you're too tired to lust, have sex before you're married, get somebody pray. You're too tired to be stupid. <laughs> I love you. Before we got married, I had three jobs. Because it was either I was going to have three jobs or I was going to have three babies. <laughs> Lord, help me. I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and still a man. So I was teaching guitar, working for a church. I was a janitor. I was a worship leader. I was doing things. I was just doing whatever I could do to stay busy. The life I want is on the other side of a painful decision. The life I want requires hard work. Embrace the process. Ah. I had a friend come up to me. He said, I'm in debt. And I cannot tithe. And I need help. I can't afford to tithe. And I'm in debt. I'm just getting deeper into debt. I said, I need help. He said, I need help at any cost. I said, okay, can we look at your finances? He said, sure, let's do it. So we went into his bank account. We started looking. And I said, okay, $500 BMW payment. We can get you a $99 Kia right now. But I got it. But I got to have my, but I got to have my BMW. But I got it. You get a Kia. Then when you get a Kia, you get the Holy Ghost, you get a prayer language, you get Ikea, you get the whole thing in it. You just get everything. See my tie, see my tie on time, my tie. You get everything with it. Should have bought a Honda, bought a Kia. I said, I said right there, $400 just saved. He was spending $14 every morning on a coffee, a breakfast sandwich, and a, and a uh, pastry at Starbucks. $14 every morning times 30. He was spending $10 a day buying lunch. Pack a lunch. Imagine. <laughs> Packing a turkey sandwich. I said, cancel your Wi-Fi and your cable. He had 4 million channels, half of which weren't even in English. <laughs> I got to have my channels. Got to have my channels. No, you don't. So you don't need Wi-Fi in your house. What would I do without Wi-Fi? You might look at your kids. Might, you might look at them if you didn't have Wi-Fi. $200 a month. Get rid of it. Within, within five minutes, we found $2,000 he could cut from his budget a month. And, and, he, and I said, if you'll cut it, you can tithe. You can get out of debt and you can save. Well, he didn't do it. But he still got the BMW. So he looks cool, but he has nothing for his kids. But the Bible said a good man will leave an inheritance for his children's children. That might mean you don't get the BMW. But it might mean your grandkids get the BMW because a good man created But it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. It doesn't don't feel good. But the life I want is on the other side of a painful decision. This isn't in, in church. Y'all come in here every week talking about it's too big. Nobody's friendly. Join a team. Join, become an usher, a greeter. Join the parking lot team. Serve in the kids' ministry. Jake needs help Saturday nights with you. 
I don't talk about how, how we're not relational. Make the awkward, painful decision to show up at Next Steps, sign up, put a name badge. I know you're all that in a bag of chips. Put a name bag on, name badge on, and serve. But it, but it might hurt your pride, but the life we want is on the other side of a painful decision. All right, give me one amen. I'll move on, I promise. And I'm not even talking about your money. I was talking about your neighbor's money anyway, so we're just going to keep moving. <laughs> Embrace the present, number three. The team can come up. Press into your future. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now hear me when I say it, and, I, and, I, and it's, I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate this. God did not say, I'm doing an old thing Again, he said, I'm doing something entirely brand new. I was hoping for some awesome gem from the Hebrew when I looked this up in in the Hebrew and was just expecting some massive revelation that I could give you that just blow your mind. Literally, the Hebrew word for a new thing is brand new. That's it. I was like, dang it. I was hoping for some definition that would just make you go, oh my God, now that I see it in the Hebrew, I'll do it. No, I don't have it. It's just brand new. God, okay, I've said this for years and, and, and I actually don't believe it anymore, but I'm gonna say it. I used to always preach God is the God of second chances. In reality, he's the God of new beginnings. Because hear me, and this might sting a little bit, but it's actually really good news. You may not get a second chance at that thing. Whatever it is. Like if you blew your knee out in college and you were going pro and it didn't, you're not getting a second chance at 40. But some of y'all are still bound to that moment, like Uncle Rico. But in reality, God might not give you a second chance. He'll give you a new beginning. That's way better. It's not, it's not the life you should have had. It's the life you can have by the grace of God. It's way better. So I don't live my life hoping for a second chance. I live my life believing for a new beginning. Not another chance to do the old thing again, but a brand new start to do something today. I love this show, Fixer Upper, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. I love them. Pray for them. They're amazing people. Um, But God doesn't want to give you a Fixer Upper life. He doesn't want to take your old life and just clean it up with some paint and some marble and a new shower and vaulted ceilings, but it's still your old life. He doesn't give you a remodeled life. He gives you a brand new beginning. God's not trying to clean you up. God is raising us from the dead. God is transforming us, making us a new creation not repeating history, not going back to the past, but embracing what God can do today. It's not an old thing. It's a brand new thing. So God wants to give you a new thing in your marriage. Not the marriage you should have had, but the marriage you can have right now. It's better. 
it's more amazing. But God says, do you perceive it? Can you see it? Here's why. Because when we think of it, we're looking around for the old thing. And God says, you can't see it because you're looking for the old thing repackaged. When in reality, I have a new thing for you. Basically, we're looking for what we think we deserve. (laughs) When God has something so much more amazing that we could never earn or deserve. So we're looking for a better life, an old thing repackaged. God has a new life. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm just trying to be a better person. There's so much more than just being a better person. God wants to do something brand new in your life. This word perceive means to know, to discern, to recognize. But here's where it gets really powerful. This word perceive means to confess. It means to declare. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you declare it? powerful. God says, I'm doing a new thing. You're like, will you confess it or will you just continue to talk about your past? Notice the past is a confession word and the new thing, the perception is a confession word. So you are trapped in one of two confessions. You are either talking about what was or you can prophesy to what will be. God says, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing up. But will you confess it? Will you speak it? Will you prophesy it? Will you declare it? Come on, give the Lord a shout real quick. And I am currently living in my own confession. God said it this way in Romans 10. The word of God is near you. Yea, even in your mouth. Where's my future? In your mouth. Where's my future at the tip of your tongue? My words are creating a pathway towards what God has for me. God says, I am doing a new thing. Will you say it? Or will you just keep rehearsing what was? It does not take faith to declare what you've already seen, but it takes a lot of faith to declare what you've never seen, but you know it by the Spirit of God and you begin to prophesy, you begin to speak, you begin to create with God a pathway out of the wilderness into your promises. God says, I'll do a new thing. Will you say it? Will you speak it? Will you say what I say? Because if you will say what I said, I will do what you say. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.